Welcome to Green and Gold Forever. I'm Eric Drews, broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean, who spent last week in Barbados, and this week is in Rock something, Minnesota, <laughs> on a business trip. Rushford. Yep. Rushford, okay, something with an R in it. So uh, I guess keep your eyes open in the Midwest for the Matt McLean tour. He'll be in a town near you uh, sometime soon. Well, this is Green and Gold Forever. It's our first episode in about a month, and... For the first time in a number of years, the Packers' free agency period has been interesting not only in the players that are leaving Green Bay, but uh, in terms of the players that are arriving in Green Bay. And I think we would be foolish if we did not start with the huge story where the Packers finally delve into that NFC North free agent pool and they made a huge splash. So, Matt, what are your thoughts on the signing of former Viking Latroy Guillon? <laughs> well, I, I, have, I guess I don't know too much about him, but I'm assuming the bigger one is probably Julius Peppers. Uh, yeah. Uh, what yeah. are your thoughts on that? I guess I don't know too much about Guillon. I, th- I guess he's been a starter for the Vikings for a couple of years, but I guess I didn't even ever notice him out there. I was hoping um, he was that hustler that we had... Uh, Pointed out on the Jordy Nelson touchdown in the Metrodome that chased him the whole way, but I think oh, yeah. that was actually somebody else. Oh dang! But yeah. uh, but no, I love the Peppers signing, and I, it seems so low risk. I mean, you're going to be paying him quite a bit this year, and he's not the guy he used to be. But I mean, he's still probably better than anybody else we've got out there besides Clay. So mm-hmm. I'll take you know paying the guy with the option to get out after a year, even potentially pay him you know, whatever you want for one year, maybe two years. I mean, if he can help out at all, he could be a huge addition to this defense and maybe a piece that they really need. Yeah, and I think you said it best, and, and I've seen a lot of criticism of this deal. Um, I've also seen a lot of praise for it. It's been pretty balanced. But it's not a huge financial risk. The $30 million really was eye-opening when they first signed him, but uh, in all honesty, he, he's not costing that much against the cap. Only 7.5 mil is guaranteed. They could cut him after this year yeah. if they wanted to and not really lose much. And I think the best thing you said there was, even if Julius Peppers is not the Julius Peppers of old, how is he not way better than what you've had playing that position uh, at least since Colin Jenkins left? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a huge upgrade at the pass rush there where we have had nobody there that can get to the quarterback. And even if he's not as quick as he once was, he's still a very good pass rusher, and he's probably going to get double-digit sacks this year, which we just have not had on the opposite side of Clay, or to Mm -hmm. go along with him, I guess, rather. Yeah, and uh, that's what it sounds like they're going to do with him. There's been a lot of talk about the elephant position in articles, and uh, for any longtime fans or fans who've delved into history uh, like we have, uh, the position it's been, or the person it's been most closely associated with was... Um, Charles Haley when he was with San Francisco. And uh, for Packer fans, uh, not a, a perfect match, but kind of reminiscent of the uh, uh, the position that Tim Harris played uh, mm-hmm. for the Packers in the late 80s. So uh, a lot of both in the dirt and also uh, two-point stance. So I don't see how this isn't a huge upgrade to the pass rush. And, uh, you know, I, I think the pass rush is big. Uh, the, the run defense certainly has to get better, and maybe there'll be a fire lit under B.J. Raji. Uh, maybe we'll get into him in a little bit. But um, you got to think the trickle-down effect is if that pass rush is a little bit more multifaceted, that this defense has to get better. Absolutely. I'm, I can't imagine how this signing doesn't make them a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really, really excited. It almost doesn't seem real, I think, until we <laughs> see him in a Packers jersey to see big old number 90 or whatever. I I guess he probably won't be 90, but yeah. um, it's just going to be kind of surreal seeing him in a Packers jersey. 
Yeah, and, and one of the things we've talked about for years about Clay Matthews is he's like fourth, fifth, some, somewhere in that, you know, mid, lower digits of, uh, sacks since he entered the league. And we've kind of criticized and say maybe he's not quite worth the money they paid him in terms of the actual sack production, but how many times has Clay Matthews, or have we watched Clay Matthews either, and, and mentioned either in the podcast or during the game saying, Gosh, if, if the quarterback would have had to take one more step sliding in the pocket or one more step up, he would have got there. And uh, hopefully Julius Peppers can, can be that guy to provide that little extra disruption to force those quarterbacks to think a second longer and either get him himself or allow Clay to get him. Well, yeah, I mean, how many sacks did B.J. Raji have three years ago? In, in like Super- six? And then I think he's had what, like none since then? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Maybe like one, I but I don't think it's more than two. In the last two seasons, I, I, I'm not sure, but... I mean, there's been just nothing on the other side, and maybe with a healthy Nick Perry or you know whatever else you have to go along with it, it's got to be better than we've had. Yeah, and Mike Neal kind of came on towards the end of yep. last season, and you know hopefully he can continue to go. So let's run down the free agents a little bit here, and obviously we're both pretty excited about the Julius Peppers signing, but some other things happened for the for the team, and maybe we can. I'll say first the guys we've either retained or gained. And then we'll talk about the losses. We can pick uh, some of these guys individually, and then I guess we'll assess whether at this point we think the Packers have had a, a net gain or loss in terms of personnel uh, through this free agent season. So they've re-signed Chris Banjo, uh, Mike Neal, two years for $8 million, Andrew Corliss, a uh, two-year deal for $3 million, B.J. Raji with a one-year $4 million prove-it deal, Sam Shields, the big splash, four years for $39 million. He's now a top-five paid cornerback in the NFL, according to some reports. Uh, James Starks, two years for $3.1 million. Those are the big signings uh, on my list here. And the rumor today is that uh, there's no deal yet, but probably Matt Flynn is staying. Uh, any of those, uh, I guess, most notably Shields, Raji, uh, Neil, anybody else that you'd like to single out there? Yeah, I mean, I'm as big of a Sam Shields fan as there is, but I thought that money was kind of ridiculous mm-hmm. um, to be top five. I guess my theory, and I haven't heard anything on it, but I'm assuming he was probably being tempted to go elsewhere for a pretty big deal, so they just felt they had to keep him. I mean, they couldn't let him walk. He's a crucial part of the secondary, but that's an awfully big contract. So mm-hmm. I guess at least he's young and probably still getting better. Um, I think that I, one's that, more driven by fear of being able to find a suitable replacement. Yeah, I mean, who are you going to get? I, I guess I'd take him over some of the other guys who got comparable deals. I mean, he's younger and he's still got room to grow. I, otherwise, you're going to get, you know, Cromartie or one of those, or DRC or one of those mm-hmm. guys. So. Um, a lot of money, but I, I I do like that they kept him, but it's, it's a lot of money to pay him. Um, other than that, I love the Rashi deal, and I kind of love that he turned down what eight million dollars last year. Yeah, midseason, and, and and just nobody wanted to sign him, which he seemed to think he was a player that he hasn't been, um, and that maybe his reputation from a few years ago was still following him around. But obviously, people did their homework and and have seen that he hasn't been producing and being the player that he was. So mm-hmm. for him to sign a one year four million dollar deal is a, is a heck of a bargain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they could always re-sign him in the middle of the year if he's playing well again, too. So I really like that deal. I haven't seen any statements by him or anything. Have you? I'm just curious to kind of how he explained himself, because certainly it's got to be a disappointment for him. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I, I haven't heard anything from him either, but I I would assume and I would guarantee he expected a whole lot more mm-hmm. um, a whole lot more suitors out there for him with a lot more money to spend on him. Yeah, and, and the fact that he 
was only out on the market for what three four days. I mean, it must not have been very good at all. I did hear. I forget which Packer reporter it was, but I did hear that there was just basically no interest out there, and it kind of seemed like the same thing with James Jones too, who I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get into a little bit later. But mm-hmm. these guys maybe. You know, thinking. I think we saw the same thing with Greg Jennings last year too. Mm-hmm. These guys just thinking maybe their reputation, you know, is a little bit better than they actually maybe are in real life, and that other teams saw them being, and they just didn't get the paydays they were hoping for. Yeah, and um, I mean, BJ, I guess for that deal, I agree. I, I really like it. Uh, I'd be curious to see how he plays. I'm not really expecting much at all out of him, mm-hmm. but you know, if, if he completely ruins any chance of signing any kind of big deal, I mean, even though he wasn't a game-breaker, I mean, if you could retain him for a pretty cheap contract for three or four years like a James Starks deal, why the heck wouldn't you after next season? Right, I mean, if you can get a top 15 defensive tackle for $4 million a year, that's not an awful deal anyways, so Mm -hmm. I'm happy to keep him around if we're not paying him $8 million a year. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll see how this one plays out. I was very pleasantly surprised to see James Starks return. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't really expecting that to happen, but I I think that's going to be a really big thing. As much as everybody's crazy about Eddie Lacy and he's getting national attention, and uh, I've, I've heard people say that he's one of the top merchandise movers right now for the Packers, um, he's got a bright future, but he, he runs a very bruising style. And he really isn't a, a speedster. And so uh, we kind of saw in that month uh, of November when uh, Aaron Rodgers was gone and Flynn wasn't fully cemented as the, the repre- uh, replacement starter in that he struggled at times to, to really get going. And mm-hmm. to have a guy like James Starks here and who, you know, last year was the first time I think his whole career where he was available for the whole season or most of the season. Um, but if he can stay healthy, it's, I think, going to be vital that running game to have both of those guys in there. And, um, you know, Dewan Harris, not sure where he plays in. Uh, forgot that Jonathan Franklin really was no factor in the second half of the season. So it'll be interesting if this running game can sustain the level it had that in the second half of last season. Well, yeah, I mean, Starks was unstoppable when he had limited carries, which mm-hmm. maybe that's the difference for him. He's just a perfect change of pace back for, for mm-hmm. Eddie Lacy. So if he comes in and gets 10 carries a game and is getting five yards a pop, that's huge. Yeah. You know, we haven't been getting that out of starting running backs for the last, you know, ever since Amon Green left. Mm-hmm. So if you've got your your one and two getting, you know, four or five yards a pop, that's mm-hmm. that's incredible, especially since, like you mentioned, Lacy's going to be coming off the field a little bit um, from just being a bigger bruising back. It just happens. So to have a guy like that as your number two who you're still not paying very much, and it's I think that's awesome that they were able to retain him the way that they did. And I just like him as a tandem, and and I think it brings some toughness to that offense that, quite frankly, doesn't really have much. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the worst moment of the season for Eddie Lacy, but to me, kind of the strength of that tandem, or at least the uh, the best uh, illustration of the potential greatness of this tandem was in that Redskins game where Brandon Merriweather takes an absolute cheap shot on Eddie Lacy, knocks him out of the game, and then the next drive, James Starks runs over Merriweather and knocks him out of the game and kind of looks at him while he's regaining his uh, yeah. his senses. So um, one of the machismo moments that I actually do like. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Starks 5.5 yards a carry last season. Mm-hmm. So that will be good. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, Julius Peppers and uh, Guyon Guion. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that. The, the Vikings player. That was a super cheap deal. Uh, $985,000 a year, which, I mean, that that would be like my whole career's worth of output. But I guess it's a cheap <laughs> deal for for an NFL player. 
the guys that they lost, the notables at least on this list, uh, Evan Dietrich Smith goes to Tampa Bay for four years, 14.2 mil. Sounds like a lot, but contracts for veterans have kind of gone crazy since the institution of the rookie salary cap, so that's not all that big of a contract. James Jones, three years for $10 million. Um, MD Jennings, uh, terms unknown, but went to the Chicago Bears. Uh, Marshall Newhouse signed with the Bengals, again, uh, terms unknown, and then Greg Van Roten was released. So who do you think's the biggest loss out of those? Well, I think it's clearly James Jones. I mean, mm-hmm. if you could have gotten him back for three years, $10 million, I'd say, why the hell didn't you do that? Mm-hmm. Um but I guess I don't know the, kind of the details behind it. It seemed it's probably one of those things where the bridges were kind of burned and he just wanted to get out. But you know, I, that's that's a super cheap deal, and I would have loved to keep him around for that. That that one hurts a little bit. And I mean, he's a guy that I I wasn't a huge fan of early in his career, but the last few years I really changed my tune on that, and I I uh, I really started to respect him more as a receiver. So that I th- think it kind of hurts to lose him. Dietrich Smith is another one. I mean, we're so thin on the line as is that it. it kind of stinks to lose a starter even if they're not great mm-hmm. um and to lose a little depth with Newhouse too but um to me James Jones is the, clearly the big one yeah he's a strange one and I think kind of his situation is just just shows how many good receivers are coming out of college these days yeah. and I think it was one of those things I wanted him back because he's just a cool guy uh he just he was a really easy guy to root for uh he always had a great interview I uh, used to watch his his Wednesday night TV show on uh, the local CBS affiliate here in in this part of the state. So um, I, I just uh, will miss him from that aspect of it. And it, it was strange how he was almost begging teams to give him a chance on mm-hmm. the free agent market. The Carolina, yeah. Yeah, and I think it just I, and I'm not sure they're wrong, but I think every team says I, if if we make it an emphasis, we can get a James Jones in this year's draft without really trying. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think yeah. I think Oakland's a pretty good fit for him. I mean, it's a team that just has desperately needed a receiver for years, so you get a proven one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just it's just surprising the deal that he got. But you make a good point. I mean, people look at his physical attributes. I mean, he's not a burner. He's not tall. He's not really anything. He's just a very good receiver. Mm-hmm. And and everybody feels they can draft one or get one for cheaper. You know, in the similar mold of James Jones. Yeah, and he had his career high in yardage this year, but I think everybody was really waiting to see, after leading the NFL in touchdowns in 2012, if he was going to kind of break out and take it to the next level. And Jordy really reasserted himself uh, after a down year in 12 as the team's go-to guy. But despite how good James Jones was last year and he was a little banged up, I, I got to think that Ted and maybe the NFL as a whole was a little bit disappointed with his output last year. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's it's just surprising that he not only did he get the money he got, not a very big contract, but he also had to go to a bad team. Yeah. So I mean, that was probably the biggest contract he got offered. If you go to Oakland to take that deal, I mean, that's usually your last stop on a mm-hmm. contract. Well, yeah, he's gonna have Matt Schaub attempting to throw him passes. Uh, yeah, season. I guess it's better than Terrell Pryor or, or Matt McGloin or something. <laughs> but it's still not great. Yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna make a Photoshop of Matt Schaub's jersey to say schlub. But um, I felt that was a little too mean-spirited, so I, I, I went against that. Uh, Evan Dietrich Smith, Aaron Rodgers kind of uh, remarked on that one on his radio show or, or some outlet, and he kind of expressed his disappointment that they let uh, Dietrich Smith get away. And uh, part of me was upset when he left. I mean, as upset as you can be about losing a center, but at the same point, I, I'm not sure what a bad center does to an offense. I mean, it, it, does it look like Tecmo Super Bowl when the defense guesses right? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what happens when you just don't have a good center. And, I mean, Jeff Saturday had some horrible games, and it's not like the offense couldn't function. So mm-hmm. um, 
as much as I'm sure there's subtle things that I'll never perceive that they're responsible for, I'm not sure I see it on the outside as that great of a loss. Well, yeah, and I mean, one through five on the, the offensive line, that's number five on the list of what you you have to have on a good offensive mm-hmm. line. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we had Saturday, and he was bad, and we've really just been plugging in random guys there for the last, you know, four or five years or whatever it's mm-hmm. been. Since and, Wells. Yeah, since Wells, so I guess maybe three And Wells was really an accident. Uh, yeah, that well, they, he was they, all, everybody they put in there was, you know, a former guard or a former tackle, it seems like, just somebody they had to plug hey, in there. Gray Rugemer, you want to play center for a season? Yeah. So I, it seems like they've been able to fill the the void without paying a guy, you know, a six, five. What is it like three, four million dollars a year contract? Yeah. They could probably mm-hmm. draft somebody or just sign a cheap street free agent to do basically the same thing. And they have a guy. I I can't remember his name. I should have looked it up. But they have a guy on the roster who they want to play that position. He was injured a bunch last year. Okay. Um. So we'll see. Uh, some other guys that I still think are on the market. Um. But I'm not sure is um. John Kuhn, I don't believe, has been signed yet. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Ryan Pickett as well. I would assume, and, and correct me if you think I'm off base, Matt, or I guess tell me, you can't correct me if this is just my opinion, um, but I would say Kuhn and Pickett, if they don't re-sign with the Packers, they might be done. You're incorrect. Oh. No. <laughs> I, I think you might be right with Pickett. I wouldn't mind getting him back on like a one-year deal or something. Mm-hmm. Um just to have a little extra depth, but I, th- I think Kuhn will stick around. I don't think he'd be done. I mean, yeah, as we kind of talked about in the last episode, he might be the fourth or fifth best fullback out there in free agency, and mm-hmm. there might not be four or five teams that still use a fullback. Mm-hmm. So he is in a tough spot, but I think he's at least built a name for himself. I mean, heck, he was oh, yeah. he was top 100 NFL players like two years ago, wasn't he? I think on he that was. NFL he's, he's 92, but yeah, but that's still pretty good. Might have been a little ridiculous, but... I think he'll find a home, and if not, I can't imagine the Packers don't sign him back for a, you know, a seven hundred fifty grand a year or something deal if he doesn't get anything else. Um, I think he'll stick around. Pickett, though, you might be right on that one. Yeah, and and maybe you're right on Kuhn. I didn't think about the notoriety factor, and he might maybe not start a camp with somebody if if he doesn't get brought on. But he sort of feels like one of those Packer guys, like. Tauscher or Ryan Grant, I'm sure there's countless others, maybe Frank Winters, that is that they kind of feel like maybe they're better, or maybe they are better than they're getting credit for, but they like Green Bay and don't want to sign anywhere else and are just kind of float, that you feel like they're floating around in like Ashwaubenon be like, guys, if anybody gets hurt, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not really, just not really doing anything, just, right. just want to let you know. Yeah, Mark Tauscher is definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I would like to see John Kuhn back. I think he does some yeah. good things and can't imagine he's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, let's move on. The other big story as far as free agent and in the division is Jared Allen surprisingly signed yeah, with the Chicago shocker. Bears today. Um, I don't know the details of the contract, but yeah, definitely a shocker and, um, I guess I don't know if I fear the Bears more. They've had good pass rushers forever, and it really hasn't prevented us from being able to beat them. But um, uh, I guess I feel two ways. I'm disappointed that he went to Chicago, but I'm somewhat relieved that he didn't end up in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I did hear the deal on the radio today. I can't remember what it was, but if I remember right, it was actually a cheaper deal than Peppers. Oh. Um, but but probably a lot more guaranteed and not you know the clause to be able to get out. Yeah. But. The Bears might have made an upgrade there with Jared Allen over Julius Peppers, and they probably did. Mm-hmm. But it kind of stinks that he stayed in the division. I, being off Minnesota now, that defense is going to be just terrible next year. 
Well, the Bears have MD Jennings, so if we can yeah, block him for half a second, it'll be touchdown city. <laughs> throw throw him in at safety, and then it completely negates whatever Jared Allen does up front. So that yeah. that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I didn't want to see him go in the division, but I didn't want to see him really go anywhere in the NFC where we'd have to meet up with him still. But mm-hmm. seeing him twice a year, I don't know. He he hasn't been the hugest factor against us lately, I guess. But uh, I mean, still a good player. He's still gonna sack Aaron Rodgers a couple times. Well, that seems unavoidable no matter what. <laughs> He'd probably end up sacking Aaron Rodgers even if he didn't play a team the Packers played. Played for the Oilers. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I kind of skipped over the one part we were going to talk about with free agency. Um, I don't know if you can just answer this in a bubble, but let's start with, do you think the Packers, uh, with their losses and gains, cumulatively, um, do you feel better or worse about the Packers' pre-draft roster um, um, right now. It's pretty close, but I guess I'd lean towards better. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to tell till after the draft, but I mean, you could potentially have a, a huge hole at tight end, a hole at center, a hole at fullback. You need another receiver. I mean, there's just a lot of gaps that need somebody there. I, I feel better that Peppers is on the defense now, and I feel better that you know some of the guys are gone, like MD Jennings. <laughs> but I mean, overall, it's it's not much better, but maybe a little bit. Yeah, and I think the thing that I would agree with you. I think it's a little bit better. I would have liked them to uh, to have seen them pursue one of the safeties a little bit more yeah. strongly. Um, like T.J. Ward got like a, super a nothing cheap deal. deal. Yeah, super cheap. I mean, how do you not go after that? Um, but maybe it just shows that they have a ton of confidence in Micah Hyde, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure why. I mean, if he, I guess if his fingers were an inch longer, I'd probably feel a lot better about him because he'd have won us the San Francisco game. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see with that. Um, so I think the team got better, but spinning this off into a related conversation, I'm not sure I feel all that better about Ted's handling of free agency, and I could be way off base, and I'm not, I'm not in there seeing the deals and seeing the offers and seeing the interest level from players, but when you see Denver getting T.J. Ward and Jermarcus, or, uh, DeMarcus Ware, and you see Seattle looking at a whole bunch of guys, I think, uh, did Seattle get some, some decent guys on here? Um, um, I know they re-signed a couple of their defensive ends. I don't remember if they landed any big-name guys. I don't really think they did. And maybe Denver's just kind of the big one, but it feels like Denver's getting guys, and um, San Francisco's at least trying to get guys. New England's getting guys. It's like these good teams are still getting people. Denver going for broke again. Um, I, it just kind of sucks to... F- it, it still seems like Ted is a little bit complacent, and I think he he's done good this year, and that was one of my things I said about the Peppers deal, is that I don't even care if it blows up in his face. It at least shows me he's willing to go out of his comfort zone to try to make the team better, even in his own limited uh, comfort in free agency. But, man, it, it's, it, it almost felt like, even though we got Julius Peppers, it felt a little bit of that 93-4-5 era of free agency where you got Sean Jones and you want to pump your fist, and then all of a sudden you see across the wire that Dallas signed Charles Haley and the 49ers Deion signed Sanders. Deion Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it's frustrating, but really, I mean, when you look at Denver, they're going to be absolutely crippled in two years if Peyton Manning retires. Yeah, I mean, they're if they don't win a Super Bowl in these next two years, they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be a brush fire for ten years. I mean, mm-hmm. they have to win in these next couple of years while Peyton can still play. Yeah. Um, but in other than that, though, most of the teams that are signing up 
bunch of guys are, again, Cleveland and, and Oakland and the teams that never win. <laughs> I mean, usually I don't like the free agency thing. I like being able to sign maybe one you know, yeah. one big guy or a couple guys that, that can help, but mm-hmm. usually loading up doesn't lead to success, so I guess we'll see how that plays out with Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that doesn't drive me too nuts that they didn't go ahead and sign a whole bunch of guys. I don't want, you know, all these old guys that everybody's signing. Like, I don't. I guess I'm okay they didn't get DeMarcus Ware or they didn't sign, you know, trade for Darrell Revis or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, usually it doesn't work, though, so it, it does from time to time if you land that big one, but generally signing all these big free agent contracts doesn't pan out. Yeah, and I think you're right. And, and even Denver, who looked to be making the biggest splash, it you know, who knows how those are going to uh, pan out. And I thought it was kind of interesting that Denver uh, signed so many guys on defense. And I know that was their Achilles heel last year, but I just wanted to, to if I saw John Elway on the street, if I had a chance to talk to him, I'd almost be compelled to be like, so you really think you would have beat Seattle 8-7 to if you had a better yeah. defense? Um, you know, I was joking with you when they were making those signings that if you take – Seattle's offense and delete them from the Super Bowl. Denver loses nine to eight. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but, I mean, you I could know. say that about any settings they would have done. What it's got to be so defeating to be in their front office and say, well, what could we have done differently to win that yeah. game? And they could have, they could replace half the guys on their team with better players, yeah. and they still would have gotten throttled. So it, it, that's a tough place to be in because what do you do? I mean, mm-hmm. you sign a bunch of offensive players, you're already loaded at receiver. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's tough. Well, and, and once you invest in a quarterback, and I think a lot of teams are going to find this, you'll probably see New Orleans go nuts next year or the year after. Uh, New England has been not quite to the Denver level, but they've been pursuing a lot of guys. Those teams in their front offices have to be quietly panicking, uh, looking at that calendar with Tom Brady and with uh, Peyton Manning. And it's so weird to think uh, that in probably no more than three years that both of those guys aren't going to be in the NFL, yeah, and, and that's going to be strange. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be weird seeing a couple of teams that have been around for like seeing the Patriots be bad after that, or mm-hmm. I mean, they've just been so consistent. It, it, it's easier for me to fathom that Peyton's going to retire than Brady. It seems like just yesterday we were watching that snow game and yeah, and the, the Tuck Rule game, and that just seems crazy that he's already that old. Yeah, and and Breeze is kind of getting up there, and yeah, and. It's not quite as bad as it was in the late 90s, but it's going to be weird to lose both of those guys at the same time. And It's not quite in the 90s where you lost Kelly in 96, and then in uh, 98 you lost Elway, and then after 99 you lost Young and Marino, Marino and then you lost Aikman. Aikman. And, yeah. um, but So it's not quite that bad, but it's it's going to be different, but... We'll still have a little bit of time. I was looking forward to Brady and Manning getting to play each other last year in the AFC title game, and then that game stunk. So yeah. I guess we've seen a lot of those guys. <laughs> okay, a uh, couple other things that I wanted to talk about here today. And one of them was Mark Cuban's comments. Um, I don't know if you saw these, Matt. I did, yep. Where he thinks that the NFL is going to be doomed in 10 years and that their greed is getting the best of them. They're basically oversaturating their product by trying to go every single day of the week now with, um, and, and that's not what they're doing right now, but they're going back to some more Saturday games after the college football regular season is over. They're also having the first half of the season of Thursday Night Football being uh, simulcast on CBS and the NFL Network, uh, which I was shocked to see that. Uh, mm-hmm. The NFL does huge ratings, but the biggest regular show on television, or one of them right now, is The Big Bang Theory, and they're CBS is booting that. 
uh, to put really? in the NFL. Yeah, because the Big Bang Theory is on at, I think, 7 on uh, Thursdays, and they're going to move it for half a season as mm-hmm. one of the most successful sitcoms in this, you know, post kind of internet on-demand era. This is getting, like, 90s ratings, and they're moving that, which I, I couldn't believe. But I guess getting back to Cuban... As far as the oversaturation of the product, and, and you saw his comments, what are your thoughts? Do you agree, and uh, do you share any of those kind of concerns? Well, I think that we've been saying a very similar thing on the show for the last two years. Uh-huh. I, I mean, with all the proposed rule changes and the added games and all that, I mean, it seems clear, I think, to the average fan that they're getting a little bit over zealous and and getting a little bit greedy with what they're doing and just pushing it too hard like even considering putting a team in england just seems completely ridiculous to me at least Mm -hmm. um but you kind of hear these guys on espn they talk to the football guys like bill pullian and they're all all angry about it saying oh no way but to me i think that's exactly what's they're on track to do i don't know if it's going to happen but Mm -hmm. I, I can definitely see his point, and I can definitely see that happening. I hope it doesn't, but, I mean, we've talked about this with the, not only them being greedy, but the concussion stuff, too, that it might get to a level where the sport's just not what it was, and the NFL keeps pushing it like it is, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it just kind of loses steam like baseball did, you know, 20 years ago. So mm-hmm. I uh, I can definitely see it. I, I don't know if it's – it's not. I'm going to say it's like a guaranteed thing, but I can definitely see it happening. Yeah, I'll say there's no way it's doomed in 10 years. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's not going to be... A, a, football will still be around in 10 years and still be popular. Yeah, and I totally think that they're oversaturating the product. We have... I work at a college, and we have a, a spot for students to be able to watch TV uh, in kind of our, our lunch uh, area. And I have to walk past that to get to um, my office every morning, and this morning I saw ESPN have Ed Warder, um, uh, John Clayton, some other guys. They were reporting live from the NFL owners' meetings, reporting on everything they were talking about live like it was a sporting event. I mean, just a couple weeks ago we were making fun of the um, the NFL Network with the Combine stuff. I mean, the, the best thing I read about... Uh, on uh, this Cuban, it was a comment on the Mark Cuban story, and this guy said, the NFL doesn't even have an off-season anymore. They just have a non-playing season, <laughs> and yeah. it's overwhelming. And I don't know about you, I watch the Thursday game by Monday, usually by the Sunday night game, but certainly by Monday. I am just kind of drained on football, and mm-hmm. there's no special feel to the weekend anymore. It's just football for four straight months. It's not like you get geared up for Sunday because... There's only two off days in between. You have the Monday night game, Tuesday and Wednesday is nothing, and by Thursday you're back at game day again. And yeah. as a fan, it's completely overwhelming. I don't really like it at all. I miss it having the special feel, but there's no way it's not going to happen because you think about, like, one of the Thursday night games last year was Texans-Jaguars, and you got to think that the cost to produce Texans-Jaguars is no different on Thursday night than it is on the Sunday afternoon fifth-tier CBS game, and definitely more people are going to watch it. If they stick it on the NFL Network, more people are going to watch it than a football life reruns. So why the heck wouldn't they do it? And they might kill the Golden Goose, but at this point, if you're watching the the percentage points and the kind of the corporate growth strategy and you're trying to get ratings points and you're trying to grow by 1%, I mean, I don't understand why you 
from a financial standpoint, it makes perfect sense. From a fan, I don't like it at all. Yeah, it, I think it is very short-sighted of them to mm-hmm. be doing that, but it's they're seeing the you know the ratings and everything, like you said, and why wouldn't you do it? Um, but I mean, I I didn't watch a lot of Thursday night games last year, and I have NFL Network. I just, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, and even Monday night sometimes, I didn't feel like watching whatever games they had on because I just watched football nonstop for two straight days, <laughs> with college football yeah. included. So, I mean, as is, I could already do just fine without Thursday night games. So if they keep tacking on more and more games, I'm probably just going to be watching less and less. Yeah, and and. I think that's kind of happened for me. I I said that in a previous podcast that I think I, I didn't watch a whole Monday night game that didn't involve the Packers last year. Um, and the only one I can remember actually staying up to see the end of was the the Ravens game where Tucker nailed the 62-yarder against Detroit. But I, I almost never watched the Monday night football game anymore. I just burnt out by that point. Um, uh, speaking of stupid things, breaking what's not broke, or I guess trying to fix what's not broke and then breaking it, the NFL has decided that in the preseason this year they are going to test, and I don't know if you saw this story, Matt. They're going to I did, t- yep. they're going to test extra points by having them be kicked from the twenty yard line. And um, I don't know your thoughts on this. All I know is there's been tons of games where Tom Brady's trying to drive for the game winning field goal and the game is tied twenty to twenty, and I've thought I wish it was twenty to eighteen right now, and he was taking knees. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't get this at all, and I get that they think that the extra point is moot, but I've never once, as a, a huge football fan for 20-plus years, sat down and thought, man, I can't handle watching this extra point right now. Like, I just got to get to the kickoff right away. And the, I guess the kickoff probably won't even be there in five yeah. years either, but it's just such a, it's just such a meaningless thing to do. It's Nobody has a problem with the extra point. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's you know pointless most of the time, but any changes that you make to it are going to make it you know, make change the game in a way that makes it probably just as pointless anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it stops the effect of having a surprise two-point conversion or, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. So I just think it's completely <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Um, I guess no other way to say it than that. I, I hate it. I, I wish that they would just get rid of that. Uh, yeah, I hope it fails completely. And... Uh, the thing I did see the thing about the surprise two point con- uh, the surprise two point conversion out of the extra point formation. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that outside yeah, of Madden. Uh, you see people do it on Madden all the time, but I I have never ever seen somebody do it in real life. Uh, I would say that you've definitely seen it. I know they've definitely had um, extra points where they you know they swing it out to the guy standing near the sidelines and. I'm not like sure. That. I mean, I, I feel like I've seen it on field goals. Like, Venetieri threw a couple of touchdowns. Goals. But on an extra point, I can't... And the only thing I can remember of Wacky on an extra point is before there was even a two-point conversion, I think, in one of the playoff games in the early 90s, the Giants ran in a kick out of a field goal formation because something got screwed up, and back then it only counted as one point. Um, but I I can't remember ever seeing a non-extra point coming out of the field goal formation. Maybe the, the, the Flutie drop kick comes to mind. I don't know how they form, uh, what formation they came out of there, but I can't. Sure. But whatever. If, if somebody remembers one, please let us know because I would be curious. I just think this is the stupidest idea ever. I don't know why you'd be messing with point spreads. But to me, this is just another reflection of the NFL trying to cater their, their entire um, appeal to people who don't really like football. And I've mentioned that last year is that I don't mind all this stuff. I take part in the Red Zone channel and in fantasy football, but it feels like they are so focused on these people who 
don't like football. People watching the Red Zone channel, they can't stand to sit and watch a kickoff or an extra point. They need to be seeing touchdowns and long passes. It's like, I don't like the direction it's going in right now. It seems like sports as a whole is catering to the fantasy slash gambling crowd. And I don't, I can't imagine what it's like to be a hardcore college basketball fan this time of year when the Johnny Come Latelys come out of the woodwork and say, oh man, I, I think Dayton's got it. And they, they didn't even know Dayton had a basketball team three weeks <laughs> yeah. ago. I mean, they must be pulling their hair out. And that's how I feel as a hardcore football fan hearing people talk about, oh man, you know, you, you really should have picked up Fred Davis. I mean, he's one of the best people. He gets 4.7 catches a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, do you, do you even know what team Fred Davis plays for if he didn't have the little, you know, icon next to his name? Mm-hmm, um, right. That's maybe a, a pet peeve of mine, but Roger Goodell said the quote is, we want to have excitement on every play. What kind of people is he catering to that can't spend two seconds for the extra point to elapse before we get back to football? I mean, I don't understand this, and I think it, it's, it's once again, it's that the NFL, it's happening in every sport, um, that at, the entire focus of the sport seems to be going towards the people who don't even like the sport, but pay attention because of fantasy sports and gambling. Right. Well, and that's how it's going to be, and it's probably just going to keep getting worse. I mean, not to make a bigger societal comment or anything, but I mean, it's kind of the ADD world we live in where if something doesn't happen for 10 seconds, you're going to be on your phone or your tablet doing something else. So people just try to combat that, I guess. Yeah, well, they ought to get off my lawn. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Do we we have – do you really – Want to talk about anything else? I can't really think of anything else. That's, I mean, they're yeah, they're just the uh, the owners' meetings today. Did you hear that they put the goalposts up five feet? Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> it's kind of stupid, but I can't wait for one now that for like Belichick for the Patriots to kick a field goal and it hits off like the top of that upright. That would have been good <laughs> last year, and now it awesome. bounces off the upright. Yeah, uh, I. That's so kind of stupid, but yeah, whatever. Did you hear they wanted to put it up twenty feet, but they couldn't do it. <laughs> That would be hilarious. (laughs) That's what I thought, but I guess the engineers couldn't make it happen without drastically changing what the goalposts look like. The the jets are dodging them as they're coming over for their flyover. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I don't have anything else, so uh, should we just wrap it up? Yeah, that sounds good. I could go for eating some food, so... All right, so I guess that wraps it up for Green and Gold Forever. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, if you got anything you'd like to contribute to future episodes, uh, we're looking for what-ifs, we're looking for crossfires, and um, I think maybe the next go-around, the NFL right now has a bracket up of the best quarterbacks of all time. Uh, did you see this, Matt? I didn't, no. Well, um, we were going to do our top ten quarterback list, and I think we still will, maybe maybe next go-around. But they have this tournament bracket of these matchups, kind of like they do the Madden cover. And they're doing it to determine the best quarterback of all time. Right now they have Brett Favre against Rich Gannon, and I think Aaron Rodgers is in the modern bracket. Uh, they got like four regions, like the NCAA tournament. And Rodgers is squaring off against Phillip Rivers. So I think... Mm. They should win both of those. I saw people on Facebook talking about the Brett Favre, Rich Gannon one, and I, I, I actually saw a comment that said that um, Favre always had better teams, Rich Gannon's a better quarterback. And I'm like, has Brett Favre's reputation because of the Jen Sturger thing and just kind of the way he has been sort of a 
weird character since he left and just the whole handling of leaving Green Bay, has his reputation fallen that much that people legitimately think guys like Rich Gannon are a better quarterback than him? Guys who lost in training camp in quarterback controversies to Steve Bono was a better quarterback than Brett Favre? Yeah, I I think his reputation has definitely taken a hit, and I think because of that, a lot of people might not think of him as you know one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Like when he was about to retire, a lot of people were saying, but I don't think there's any way that you can make an argument that Rich Gannon was a better quarterback without being sounding completely asinine. I mean, he was a good quarterback for what, like four years? At most. Yeah. Far and away, the best season of Rich Gannon's career was in 2002, and Brett Favre had a down year and still got a whole bunch of Rich Gannon's MVP votes. I think he only lost to Gannon by, like, four votes, and and that was Gannon's best year and one of Favre's average years. Yeah. So... Anyways, okay, so um, so if you want to get in on that conversation and maybe start formulating your own top ten quarterback list, that would be awesome because uh, Matt and I, had, uh, maybe Matt's not as excited about it, but I'm certainly excited to get into that uh, sometime this offseason. I'm super excited. All right, well then, let's do it. Um, right. Maybe next go around. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll maybe have one more show before the draft. Uh, it's about six weeks from now, and we've been doing about one show a month. So uh, look for us uh, sometime in three, four weeks, and hopefully we'll have the top ten quarterbacks. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, you can write a comment under this podcast at our Podbean page. Um, you can also do it through Facebook, which is Green and Gold uh, Forever Podcast at Facebook. And uh, you can also send us an email at Green and Gold. Uh, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so that's all we have. Matt, um, is it better than nine degrees in Minnesota right now? It is. I think it was like, it was pretty nice today. It got up to like 25, I think. Oh, also, you, you're still doing worse than we. It was nine degrees when I left for work this morning. I think now it's like 30, but. Okay, yeah, I, I think it was like one when I left Eau Claire this morning. Okay. My my own personal theory is that the Earth is broken free from its orbit and is drifting from the sun, but the scientists don't have the heart to tell us. <laughs> but hopefully that's not the case. If that is the case, we will not see you for another episode. That's true. Go forever. Uh, but barring some catastrophic cosmic failure, we'll see you again down the road. Uh, take care, everyone.